This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 822. Brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are not invading anyone. Hello, welcome to my Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 822. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. I was thinking about ER just now, the, the, <laughs> the television program from 30 years ago. <laughs> was it 30 years ago? Not quite. 27. Jesus. All right, joining us this week, we had a third this week, is comicbook.com's Jim Viscardi. Oh, man, let's go. I think... This is the first time I've done it with both of you. Really? <laughs> yes, because I think I think this has been this has been the the running uh, the running gag. Like no, you know, no, I'll, because I'll do... we had you on when we had you on when um, DC left Diamond. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. Never mind. how long Second was that? That was oh, during the pandemic, years. and it could have been fourteen the years pandemic. ago. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, <laughs> that's still happening. The pandemic is still I happening. Was it, it was during the lockdown. It was during the lockdown when we were all oh, right, like like the hardcore original yeah. like world on fire yeah. shit. We right. had Jim on when DC left Diamond. We had I think we had you on a re- early in the lockdown when they stopped shipping comics. So every time something happens big in the industry, oh, that's when we have you on. Yeah. We should. Fair. We should. We should. There should be some other reason to think of you. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's going wrong. I'll call Jim. <laughs> 
And I saw Jim this week. Jim and I actually saw each other in person for the first time. It was about it was three years. It was so great. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, we both saw each other at the Moon Knight premiere in L.A. And uh, it was like we got to hug each other. And it was like, I haven't seen you in three years. And it was, mm-hmm. these are the moments we're starting to have now as society. Anyway, That's let's right. get to the show. I haven't seen Josh in how many years. I've seen, <laughs> Josh, when was the last time I saw you in person? Cape Cod 18, 19? 2018? Oh, wow. Something like that. Oh, see. I had the truck, so it was, it was right after I got the truck. So it was 2018. <sighs> that night? All right. We can't do this right now. We are a fanboy. Every week we, like, we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks one they like the best. We call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book. The other books, I'm talking fast because we have a lot of show to do. 19. We'll talk about the patron pick, listener mail, if we have time. But we have a discussion topic this week. And also, the world, the world is still on fire. Um, all we can do is make our dumb comic jokes in the face of everything so it's not that we don't care here's your spoiler warning there'll be some spoilers excessive cost hey this script says jim had to pick oh yeah <laughs> not his first this is not, not my first, time. first he's done it yeah not my first I've, i mean that that one was extra special uh i gotta say i was special. so the, the first time i told you you had to pick i was i was so surprised by your reaction because what i thought i was doing was giving you a chore and what you thought was happening was you were getting an honor and i was like oh oh right okay that makes sense i thought i was asking you to take the trash out uh, although it feels like uh each time uh i have a little uh, special had the pick it's been a uh it's been a usually on some rougher weeks for, for comics, but Welcome, welcome to, the, to the to, grind. Sometimes it's a good week, sometimes it's a bad week. But today's choice, today's choice is pretty easy. Today's choice is pretty easy with uh, Human yeah. Target, book six. Um, the, the, Tom King has got a knack for you think writing for writing cup like couples or yeah. like or just like yeah when it when when he focuses on just two people talking to one another like it is truly something magical. Um, I think you're right, and I didn't even think about that, but I'm thinking about my favorite Tom King books, and I have to put you're right. this up there with Miracle Man, and that Miracle Man is all about, not Miracle Man, I said every time Mr. Miracle, it's all about yep. Barda and Scott, and this is right. all turning all into Christopher and Ice. And, 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 some of my, and some of my favorite issues that he wrote for when, on Batman was the, you know, the yep. date night. Uh, yes. you know, uh, mm-hmm. bits he did like those were were great, um, and so you know this book obviously Tom King, Greg Smallwood, uh, Clayton Cowles, uh, what a what a phenomenal team. I mean, man, I it's it's so interesting that uh, like Greg Smallwood's been around uh, for a while, and obviously you know uh, my first real brush with him was the run he did on Moon Knight with Jeff Lemire, and obviously everyone's reading Moon Knight now, and Marvel just put out that collection, but like this guy is. so so good. He's off the he charts. He's off the he charts. He is so good. Yeah, and it's, it's just one of those. It's one of those things too, where like Tom Tom talks about this quite a bit when just kind of like pairing himself, you know, when picking collaborators and things like that to, to work with. Uh, Tom and like Tom and whatever artist he gets, and like and I think like Greg is is uh, pretty uh, adaptable as well. But this is this is a pairing that I would love to see more of. Um, oh sure, I'd love in, him to be his his second Mitch Garrett. You know, like somewhere Mitch yeah. Garrett's like no no get him away. I'm like, 
I had to deal with Jorge Fornes guy. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, even, but even then, right? Like, it, it'd be like you know, you get get the three of them on a book together, right? And they like have have Mitch do do some you know scenes for something, and then Greg and like like I said, I di- it, I disagree with that. By the and way, and Doc Shaner's like, wait a minute, right. <laughs> right? But like, but but Greg handles. Uh, facial expressions and and uh, like th- that kind of acting so well that even when you have like this book is is has got a ton of like j- you know just straight up conversation and a bunch of stuff going on but like the moments that that are the best are just watching the characters kind of act their way through that and a lot of that is obviously through you know the the work that greg does um but is is moved along by by a lot of the you know tom king dialogue uh and look at, look at page I, 16 i think we're i think we're all in comicsology look at page 16 yep. uh look at that guy gardner face no one draws faces like that in comic books yep look at that yeah i mean that's i mean there's usually a stock face you know <laughs> right. but there's comic book face it's just but no one oh, draws God. that kind of face the petulance of panel two yeah that's the panel <laughs> i'm looking at then. yeah like, yeah and you're and right so, like you're, you get so much here through the eyes and the i mean there's a lot of subtext in tom king books obviously and a lot of that mm-hmm. is that has falls on the artist to convey you know think about how much of this particular issue is All done through what ice's expression is Versus what she's saying, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and yeah. you need the artist for like, that. And it's terrific. I mean, right, and then but even like the what because Greg does is I believe Greg is doing his own coloring here, yeah. and like so yes. the way he he sets moods um, is and like and uses like colors in a way that that like they're almost neon, but like in a really weird like subdued manner that just make everything he- kind of pop. As you look through it, you also kind of notice that he he's often using um, shadow or the light that comes through shadow as an internal mm-hmm. frame. Yeah, he does mm-hmm. it all through the issue. So the light is making a frame inside that, which is highlight. You know, in, in some cases, so the beginning page six when he's drinking in his office. You know, like you mm-hmm. see him drinking in the God. That's a good fucking panel. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's really great. <laughs> I mean, but like, so it's layers upon layers upon layers. I think that it's safe to say at this point. Um, you know, Greg Smallwood seems to be. If he's not there yet, he's pretty close to being on. Like he's 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 doing Mazzucchelli level, he's mm. doing Darwin Cook mm. level mm-hmm. storytelling, yeah. and it's not like the drafting and the drawing and that stuff. Like whatever, I mean, it's amazing too, but it's uh, it's so good. It is so advanced, you know, as to be. It's subtle, you know. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, you know, it doesn't stick out at you. It's not like Jack Kirby storytelling, you know, which is, right. you know, punch you in the face or John Romita or, you know, Walt Simonson, that kind of thing. It's the other thing. When yeah. when we talk about Mazzucchelli, it's just like, we're going to give you exactly what it should be, you know, and, and, and it's not going to punch you in the face, but you're going to, like, if you know what you're talking about, you're going to get the feeling if you don't, but if you know what you're talking about, you start seeing these things that you're like, oh my God, l- look at this, what he's doing. It's, it's like, um, I was going to use a sports metaphor. If you watch a player who's not like a big, uh, like a basketball player who's not, you know, scoring all the time and dunking, but is making everything happen constantly all the time, stuff you don't see, Chris Paul kind of, you know, point guard stuff, like that's what's happening here. And it's pretty as hell. Yeah. Now, I feel like um, we're 
like this is one of those where this is one of those issues where, and I don't mean to steal your thunder. We will get to it. No, go for it. This is one of those issues where it wins pick of the week on a page turn. Mm-hmm. There's a moment that happens where you, you just whoa, it, like a hundred percent surprise. Did not expect to see the thing that happened and the turn that the story is going to take. That they're going to make us wait however many months for the next part. six months, I think. Yeah. yeah. So so we're right? talking about. So we're going to get to that, and you can talk about it a second. The, the one yeah. other thing that happened before that, I thought, the one thing I really liked about this issue, before that even happened, and I will say, Jim, you had uh, another pick in mind for a little bit, and I was like, I, oh, did. I don't know if I want to talk about the human target again. And I was reading the book, I was like, yeah, no, there's no other way around this. <laughs> there is a, the, the, the very beginning of the issue, there's a fight, uh, Ice is mad, and no argument. I was like, oh, that's what this is going to be. And then he just goes back to her house, and it's over. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting because I don't want the book to be about the two of them fighting. Mm-hmm. But they had to acknowledge that conflict and then got over it. And even that was done well because they didn't talk. They just they just boned. But then they <laughs> you know, intentionally didn't talk about it, which I was right. like, oh, that's how we're going to hit stasis on this. And it might come back later. Because they really do like each other. It, and so that's what you do yeah, also yeah, when, like when, when the guy is dying. You know, it's like you can mm-hmm. spend that's the, what it proved. Yeah, remaining time fighting or you can spend it boning. And so um, – and we've talked about this is this is a classic noir story. So, mm-hmm. in addition to the big thing that happens in the middle, the ending is, you know, we, we talked about how Ice was the prototypical noir uh, good girl that showed us shows up in the office in Philip Marlowe's office. This is this ends with Fire showing up, and she's the prototypical femme fatale. So, mm-hmm. Tom's really hitting. I mean, this is this series was kind of made for me. Yes, you yeah. know, like on a lot of levels. So, this is quickly becoming. Um, I still think Mr. Miracle is his opus. I think it, 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 it was so complex and dense and said so many things and it was so successful yeah. in terms of storytelling, but this is a, this is a hard number two for me right now. Well, that's why I, I just, I appreciate what I like about this series, uh, more so than Mr. Miracle is that this is a bit more straightforward. This yes. is, yeah. it is, um, like when this is fully collected and all that, this I think is going to be easier for me to recommend oh, to yeah, someone sure. than sure. than Mister Miracle to like get to like to get their taste in, and then be like, if you love this, then you, oh, you got to go read Mister Miracle. But like, well, think- there is the uh, there's I just want to mention there there's one part in uh in, in the book where basically like like right you know when you're finding out guy shows up where like they just finished boning and. He's he is looking back, and you've got that green lantern, you know, hammer right there in oh, the that's window. Beautiful. That's like it is just like oh, it is about to go from zero to to a hundred, like right now, and yep. and it does, and it's and it's a great like like that's there are there are a few of those kind like there's the big page turn, but there's also like this one right here that just sets up that was like. A good one. You know, that is like, oh, here we go. If you're someone like me who read all these Justice League stories and read the whole time where, where Guy and Ice were a, a major couple, uh, that sequence is tough. Mm-hmm. Because it's basically, it goes from a jealous ex-boyfriend to a, a physical conflict to a, a abusive conflict. You know, mm-hmm. where he says, you need to learn what's good for you. That was a really interesting choice, too, because in order for what happens... And let's let's just you know, guys smashed. Um, well, in order uh, uh, for what happens uh, to be justified, you get mm-hmm. he turns into a monster for a second. Yeah, yeah, yep. Well, it's, it's really important, and I've had because I'm, I'm I'm only saying this because I've had this conflict on on like our Instagram page. Like, this is not in continuity. 
No, obviously. Right. It seems right. like it's obvious, but it's clearly not to everybody. This is not in continuity. It's a black label book. They are generally not in continuity. So this is taking place in this fictional mid- mid-century modern world of DC in which Justice League International still happened, but this is a different sort of offshoot. And so Guy Gardner gets killed here. He's not, doesn't mean he's dead. He's dead in other, he's, this is off, out of continuity. Right. If you go back to the last talks below that I did with Tom, he specifically talked about the fact that um, with uh, Heroes, what's the one? Heroes in Crisis. West one? With yeah. Heroes in Crisis, like he miscalculated. Yeah. He's like, oh, by doing that to Wally, I, I, I did that. That was a bad move. And so I'm fairly certain he's conscious of what he's doing with these characters, and we know that it's not a, the thing happening in the main story. Yeah, like it, it's, it's not a movie. Like, he's absolutely aware of that. I, I want to finish off the one thing that, in terms of like this being an accessible project, it's interesting because um, you know Connor knows noir really well. And when you say those things, I don't know them, but I go, oh, yeah, I recognize that. And then you also know Justice League, you know, era, yep. you know JLA era um and i don't really know that stuff either but it's no less interesting so it's one of those things like it it really does hit on all those levels i think you can be like oh this is a great story even without knowing those things and i think that's uh you know it 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 just works fully um anyway back to your review i'll shut up no i mean like that's that's i like i think from uh, i've been enjoying the series you know for you know uh, up to this point but like it this like just even with, like the the page that just has like the chunk of ice melting into a Ugh. piece of flesh and blood is Ugh. like right like yeah. it's dark in in a book that you know with moments that seem you know pretty you know just as far as like the artwork goes, like not so much, right? Like everything is just, is a lot of the colors are bright and they're, they're vibrant. And then like you get to that page and you're just like, Oh, yeah. Okay. There's no panels. <laughs> it, it gets more like an illustration or like right. a book cover almost. Right. And then you, and then you like see the, like there's like blood and guts on the floor and you know, melted blood and guts on the floor. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, Oh, like how do you clean that up? Like what? The first word that is said after all that happens, the body's completely smashed over. The yeah. very first dialogue is, I think I'm falling in love with you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's dark because he, he, you know, so guy shows up, they get in a fight, ice freezes him, uh, Christopher Chance punches him in the head, the head explodes into pieces, but then ice pushes the body over. Mm-hmm. That was the thing because that that sort of that set that little hand motion in that one panel told you everything about where we were going to be after mm-hmm. this. Yeah. That's like, oh, this is the new setting. Is that she wasn't mad at him? Yeah, or she wasn't. And the mad thing at is, it, like, we're only halfway through the story, was, so yep. we don't we don't know what's happening. And if this follows any kind of traditional line of noir storytelling, which I'm not saying it will, Ice is probably more complicit here than we than we want her to be, and. In the right, main, yep. in the main mystery, and the fact that it showed her being, this is not a pun, cold blooded enough to push her ex boyfriend's body over and smash it, shows she's got much more darkness in her than, than yep. we want to mm-hmm. think about. Or, but, or, or we learned like he was much worse than we thought. Well, this or certainly this of version things. of a guy. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, there's one other little bit that I noticed as I was reading it, and I had forgotten about it because two pages later the thing happens. Um, when guy is going after her and the last thing he says is you know you need to learn what's good for you 
and and you're like and which is which is really uncomfortable like yeah, oh, that's God, the this, part. i don't want to yeah. see that like he's yeah. he's still a green lantern but like this is i was like why would his ring still work at this point but whatever christopher chance decides he needs to do something he gets real mad and which is exactly what i need and then uh, he says i'm right here in front of you the human target and i was like ooh that's on the nose but that was perfect <laughs> it was like bringing it back to the idea of what the what book is does. called the human target but yeah. who this character is because this whole time he's sort of morphed into a you know sam spade detective kind of thing and he's like no he's the human target and so then he and it's heroic you know because the other thing is he's not a hero in this or whatever but he does the heroic thing he he turns that to him you know, like yeah. makes himself the target instead of the woman, which I think lends credence and drama to what Connor you just said is what's probably going to happen, but we don't know. Yeah, we don't. There's so much that, that could happen. And even if she's complicit, doesn't mean she's guilty. There's two different. There's a difference between those two. Oh, we also didn't mention this. There's a terrific opening scene with Doctor Midnight. Like, there's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, three, four, five, and six. Five and six have been the pick of the week. Four, I thought was one of the best English I've ever read. It wasn't Josh's pick of the week? We'll get over that. But. Uh, this book is really firing right now. Like I liked was one it Iron of, Man. <laughs> I think it was when you did Iron Man. Yeah, it was a good issue of Iron Man. I'm not. I'm not denying that. Um, but one, two, three were like, well, what is what is going on here? But 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 four, five, and six were like, okay, this is what's going on here, and this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so it's a bummer that we have to wait six months for the next issue. But I get it, and I would never want Smallwood to rush it. No. I would never want another artist yep. to take over. Keep, keep Liam Sharp away from that. I don't want Liam Sharp filling in. Uh, so, you know, I'll wait. I'll wait. So, great, great issue. Great pick. Yep. Great comic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Josh, I would never have read Wolverine Patch Number One, written by Larry Hammond, drawn by Andrea Devito with an inker. Um, if not for your text message, so why don't you tell us about this issue? I just, I was flipping through, like, what is there to read this week? And there wasn't a lot. It was a light week. And it was I a saw, weird light week. It was a light I week. Saw, yeah, it was. I saw Wolverine patch number one, and I thought, oh, that's, that's, patches is my, like, first couple of comics. That's Wolverine number mm. one from the, was it? What year was that? Claremont, Busema? I want to say 88. 88. I think. Yeah. I thought it was late 80s. Um, I couldn't remember when he was patch. Yeah, it's 87, 88, I forget. Uh, I want to say I was 11 when I started buying comics, so that, that, that about Look at facts. that, Busema, um title page art that's the yeah. best uh and 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 i looked and i was like well wait who, who's doing that I, at first i thought it was like a collection of that stuff i was like, oh, it's a patch collection so it's a single issue that was coming out now and it said the writer was larry hama and i thought i can do that let's do that <laughs> and like it uh it's a throwback comic book i don't know that larry hama can do something else but i don't expect him to and i'm just super glad he still gets to work like if you want larry hama comics you can get them all the time now <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. It's not Larry Hama trying to do Brian Azzarello. He's like, no, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to keep yeah. a gun on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's read the Marvel comics, the Untold, is it the Untold story? That Marvel comics book by Sean Howe. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a story uh, about Larry Hama that almost makes the whole thing worth it. Anyway, so this is a a contemporary uh, uh, to the time of uh, Patch is on Madripoor. Uh, he's uh, kind of running the bar. He's a little Sam Spade himself. Not Sam Spade. Who's the Casablanca character? That one. Uh, Rick Blaine. Um, there you go. Um, you know, and, and a, a job comes along, and, you know, he's got his, his plucky pilot friend, and it, it doesn't, I mean, the plot doesn't even matter. 
the plot doesn't matter because it's just Wolverine. It is written in a sort of mid '80s style. Andrea Devito, who is you know a modern artist, but sort of goes along with it, and it's just a Wolverine story, <laughs> like like a from that time as opposed to whatever yep. the hell Wolverine is now. There's no Genosha. It's all slight, not Genosha. Um, Krakoa. Krakoa. Uh, yeah. It's all Krakoa overwrought, Island. and the the dialogue is, you know. Exactly what I would want from all of this. Uh, and I, classic Nick just, Fury shows up to yes, be classic Nick Fury. Yes, the, and there was a you know there were a, there was just a bunch of moments that just tickled my very specific good old superhero bone, and mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is the Wolverine that I met originally, and so right. I, there's a special spot for that kind of thing. And I just <laughs> thought it was super fun. It was so fun. I I, I loved reading this book. And just for people who say I hate X Men, you know, like, I, just, I had a great time with it. Yeah, I did I think too. I sent you some panel. It was the Nick Fury uh, panels, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like in the way that he talked. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a surveillance in Prague right now. Um, yeah, yeah. You've I mean, got Nick I, Fury. That, yeah, good. That two that two page those two pages with like Nick Fury and the Helicarrier, and I was like, uh, oh, oh, so good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you're, you're right, Josh. This is a feeling of like um, a sort of '50s uh, movie with the, ex- the expats living in some exotic location. You know, <laughs> the pilot who can't get, keep his business flo- afloat, and um, it, it had that real, it real sort of. It's not. It, it's just a. I don't even know what genre that is, but it has that feeling of it. Um, and I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember reading. If that was how it was at the time, maybe it was, but because you know, Patch is silly. He's walking yes. around in a white tuxedo with his eye patch, and I don't even <laughs> remember why he was doing tuxedo. it at the time. <laughs> he jumps out of a plane and, and lands in the in the in the jungle. He did, and he's was, still wearing the tuxedo. He was in that plane, when he was in that plane, I thought, oh, he's going to jump out of that plane. <laughs> like, and and he didn't even consider a parachute. They probably had one in there he could have used, but I guess yeah. he was trying to stay covert. They wouldn't see him. He did that on purpose. But I, I did. I was. I was. They well telegraphed. I was like, he is one hundred percent going to jump out of that plane. He didn't change for it. He, he, he kept the on tailoring on that tuxedo is terrific because he is. Yeah, he crashes through the trees. He lands. He breaks his bones. The bones heal. Then he has a giant fight. But he's still in the tuxedo the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um. I move too quickly in my suit, and everything comes undone. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact is, they did not have stretch fabrics back then. Right. No. Whenever I, this I, was. This was fun. I mean, char- I mean, if you're not into this era, characters talk to each other out loud. You know, yep. it, they, yep. they are constantly saying who they are and what their powers are. But I appreciate that at a certain level, because there's too many it, times it, I read a modern book where I don't know who anyone is or what their abilities are. Here, it's like, my senses tell me, you know, my super smell cells tells me, my healing factor does this, my bones are this um that's how you get people to understand what you're what they're reading if they don't know they're you know they're new to the book and it it fully leaned into it Mm -hmm. there was no attempt to to do something other than what it was it is that thing where you know say what you will it was much easier for us to get into comic books you know when they did shit like this because they set the table for you every time and now if you come in part two or three of, a, of the five-part arc that's going to be collected in the trade and everybody's just sort of glancing at each other. And I mean, Human Target's probably a good example of this. But, you know, this is like the polar opposite of that comic book. Yeah. And they're both fun. fun. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's, so what's, what is this book? <laughs> X-Jets of Wolverine number five. 
<laughs> it's literally called X deaths. Wait, are we supposed to say uh, ten? I don't it's remember. Probably how it works. ten. It's probably ten deaths, but but it's not as much fun to say as X deaths. No, right, exactly. Like X of Swords. Uh, this this series for me has been just pure fun. It it like it. It's so bananas. The like the fat like <laughs> that the main villain of this book is some weird Omega uh, Wolverine from you know the future and whatever like it's just like I just love it. Um, I've really enjoyed Ben Piercy's, um, uh run on Wolverine, and so when when this got announced, I was like, oh okay, cool. And then I read the first couple issues, and I'm like, I have I don't really know what's going on here, but. Then, like, because you also have to read, you know, the 10 lives of Wolverine, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. And, like, look, any book that uh, that's going to stick Omega Red in it, and, like, Omega Red has been a, a you know, part of the Wolverine run so far, uh, like, it's going to get me, it's going to get me in. But I love, you know, like, I'm a sucker for... Uh, Wolverine stories that have Wolverine and Dakin and, you know, and, and Laura all together, you know, doing stuff. And that's, that's what this is. Um, and, you know, at, at the end, uh, we get basically like Terminator Moira uh, coming out of a grave, basically, maybe. Uh, I don't know, but I'm in for it. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I, like, I was super into the Hickman X-Men world, you know, like I read all the books, yes. or I, I, at least I tried all the books, I didn't stick with all of them, but I was super into the the concept, the fuck island, the business, the, the business <laughs> they've created, the, the, you know, they were making pharmaceuticals, the, the gates, mm-hmm. the, whole, the nation, I was really into it, and then at some point, like it broke off, and then they went into space, and then the, the X-Deaths, the X-Swords, I think it was when the Tennis Swords things happened, that's when I, that's when I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't think this is for me anymore. It's a bummer because I was really into the X-Men stuff. I'm still reading X-Men. I'm still reading a couple of things. But whatever's going on now, I have completely lost the thread of yeah. of, of what's happening. And I'm, it's a little bummer because I was really into it. The, the only books I, I have I have stayed with in the uh, X-World has been Wolverine and, um, and his uh, X-Force, mm-hmm. uh, which has been uh, a surprising, you know, a surprising delight. But like, but also to... Um, like it, it didn't necessarily do anything in this book, but like just the stuff that Adam Kubert's been doing in Wolverine is just. So is this not, not like the just, regular Wolverine book? Are there three now Wolverine books? Well, no. This is like this is like like a mini event basically I see. Uh, okay. that is happening. Um, you know, in in that stuff, and then it'll you know all shrink back down to to Wolverine. Um, it just it like it's I mean it, it's violent, but kind of just feels like silly fun Wolverine adventures that aren't like super serious or dealing or dealing with, you know, uh, like your, your typical Wolverine kind of pastiches, right? Like, you know, there's, um, so like that's, that's what I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed about, uh, this book. Um, and it just, it just goes balls to the wall and, and I appreciate it for that. I like that. Like, I don't, know that all that stuff like it's i find it all confusing and i always feel completely lost but you have your foothold in it and i understand everything else you're saying and that feeling which is the same thing we were just talking about with the other wolverine it's just like that had context for me it doesn't and and uh it's fun i I love that like oh this gave me that this is crazy but you know you know the pieces (laughs) enough that it's not confusing whereas the difference is when i read them i go i'm just confused i don't know right i don't have the context for any of this uh but you know that's why you're on the show now and not always just me so, 
similar to what a great Wolverine week. patch, and actually also <laughs> Excess Wolverine. The feeling you get, I'm feeling I get from reading Maestro World War M number two, Peter David Homeron Peralta. Um, I just love. We've talked a lot about all of these miniseries. I've loved this. I love the original Future Imperfect story, which we were going to do in a book slow, but now it seems to disappear from comics. Uh, fucking comicsology. Um, <laughs> uh, this book is great. It's great on many levels. The art's terrific. Peter David can still write comic books that are exciting and 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 have page turns that blow your mind. But there's so much tragedy in this story where you just want Hulk to figure it out and stop being an asshole. But you know he's not going to because it has to end up in Future Imperfect. You know, there's a point here in this story where he goes underwater and he finds Namor's hidden like civilization underwater that that's, goes well beyond Atlantis. And they're like, dude, just come and live with us. It's cool down here. We got fish. Like... It's all chill. Just don't need to worry about it. And he's like, fuck this, and decides to destroy everything. He's just like, no, Banner, no. And um, ugh, God, I love this book so much. Which I is, love which, is ev- <laughs> which is what he's done every... It's all this story is. It's somebody like, well, what about this? And he goes, no, I smash it. Like, that's all you? it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and it just keeps going. He won't stop. And it is it is not getting less fun. What's funny to me, though, is like in this one, you know, Namor's like, oh, yeah, check this monster out. And I was like, that monster's not going to do anything to it. <laughs> and then he's like, you ought, you ought to see. And then he even says, he goes, this is only my second biggest monster. I was like, that other one's not going to do anything either. Haven't you been paying attention? And it, it didn't make it less enjoyable. I am not pointing out flaws in logic that are a problem in this book. I am pointing out flaws in logic that make the book fun. And I don't know how to tell you when certain stories where that works and certain stories where it doesn't. But in this, like, I don't need this to make any sense. What the Hulk does, and this is important, is smash. You stick to that rule and you've won the game. This is the problem with with Hulk in the latter half of the uh, MCU movies. He wasn't smashing. Right. If he had been smashing the whole – and I know why, too, actually, because had he smashed, the stories would have been different because (laughs) Hulk is the strongest one there is. I get it. That's why you had to sideline him. They knew that. Right. <laughs> so I, I, the only thing about this book was I, I, I got, had a little bit caught up in the timeline. Like, so here we have uh, Namor and Abomination and Jim Hammond, Human Torch, teaming up with Dr. Doom. And Hulk doesn't know who Jim Hammond is. And Jim Hammond doesn't know who Dr. Doom is. And I was trying to figure out, because in the early 90s when this original story came out originally, wasn't Jim Hammond already back on the West Coast Avengers at that point? Like, shouldn't everyone have known who he was, and shouldn't he know who Doctor Doom? I, I, I couldn't. Connor, I, I was Connor, all, let look, it go. I know, I know, I know. Let it go. <laughs> I know. It, really, it, it really, just, this is the problem. Re- Doom really falls quick down. though. I really quick though. I do. I do want to mention because like this, I guess, seemed to be big week for throwback stuff. Uh, yeah. Venom Lethal Protector uh, from David Michelini uh, also came out this week, and like I, I had it on the list, but like there was not a bunch of stuff on it. But like, definitely has. Uh, it was weird for me because I didn't like live. Well, not that I didn't leave. I didn't. I wasn't reading comics through that uh, that stuff, and so uh, so again, like it's just like watching uh, or reading that book, being like, oh, I can get why this like feels really fun, but like Marvel seems to definitely be doing that. Like, oh, hey, let's let let's let, like. It feels like when uh, they first had Claremont come back for like X Men Forever or whatever. Yeah, but like and what and you're, you know, you're right. There's a whole subsection of books they're putting out of like creators from the '80s and '90s doing those stories again, right? Yeah. And they're, they're recognizing they're, like, they're hey, our, our our audience seems to be the same people and they're aging. So what if we just give them these things that they want? Hey, this right. works. Yeah. You know, but it, like, would, it wouldn't work the unless people, they were really good, though. And they are. Really true, but all the people. 
all the people so who made it, those comics originally are not old. They're in their fifties. It's not. But like, is it, like they is got this going to be a thing though? Where in like ten years we get like Bendis coming back for an Avengers run or, or something, or like Bendis comes back to Daredevil. Or like I mean, that's picks absolutely up where he left, going to where happen. Where he left off, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I this book is great. I'm, I'm, I'm. This is a, the third mini, right? Leading up to the yeah. To the I think so. Yeah. Well, if we can figure out how to do a book explode with Future Perfect World, we're going to do it. All right, really quickly, because I know we're already running long. Uh, here's the ways you can help support this show. It, 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 uh, it's, it's a time thing. It's a money thing. It helps. All these things help us keep the show going, because it's not free, and it's not nothing to do with the show. The main thing is patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where our main support comes from. Our, the patrons uh, unlock content. They unlock the Splodes shows, talk media, and book. They have a hangout. They have a community on Discord and Facebook. They have all kinds of fun things they get to do. They get to pick the patron pick. We hope to make it fun for them, but the patrons are the main place where you can support the show. Thank you for everyone who does that. Patreon.com slash ifanboy. Fanboy.threadless.com is our t-shirt store, including our Gosh shirt, which is our new shirt. I just wore that shirt the other day. It was nice. It's a very comfortable shirt. Um, Fanboy.com slash support. That's our digital tip jar via PayPal. Fanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find our Booksplode books and our shopping link. And bookshop.org. You can find links for those books on our Booksplode shows. And we thank everyone who supports the show in all the ways I just mentioned. It helps keep the show going, keeps the lights on, keeps the keeps the uh, bills paid. We handsomely reward our guest hosts, so they take up most <laughs> of our income. Um, so we thank you for everyone who, who does that. And uh, let's get back to the books. Um, the second issue of Love Everlasting came out. Well, it came out two weeks ago, I think, for paid people on Substack. But this week it came out for free. Um, on Substack, Tom King, Elsa uh, Chartier. Chartier. Oh, sorry, wrong. Matt Hollingsworth, Peyton Cowles. Um, I, you know, uh, similar to the first issue, this was less. This 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 story stayed in one place as opposed to the first issue, which which spanned different stories. But I know there's a there's a larger thing at play here. But I just got into this particular story itself like this could have just I been totally a single did. i got into the straight up romance part of it i was yes. like what's gonna happen <laughs> exactly <laughs> like I, I know there's a thing here joan's been the same character throughout all the stories but like i don't care by the end i was like are they gonna find love and they, <laughs> they did <didn't>. 100 <laughs> so it's it, i was like maybe know. he's gonna play this one straight up and we can just see what it no <laughs> all right fine like when she said, I don't love you. I was like, oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just in, I was just in down Abbey mode. <laughs> the art was beautiful. It oh, was like, I got to the end and I looked at it. I was like, this is amazing. You can rip off Darwin Cook anytime you'd like. It's so pretty. Action Comics 1041. I didn't put this on here. I did. I enjoyed I, it. Okay. Go I, ahead. I put it on there because it's, it's, it's a similar. Thing we've talked about before, you know, if, if this was an out of continuity Superman story, it'd be terrific. I don't like it as a main continuity Superman story. However, with this issue, I've decided after lots of thought, I really hate the Wildstorm characters being in the DC universe. Mm. They don't fit. Doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. You know, the whole point of Midnighter is he's he's Batman, but you know, more extreme. But here he's talking about Batman. Like I hate the Batman comparisons. I was like, this doesn't work. You can't take the characters who are commentaries on certain characters and put them with those characters. It doesn't work anymore. They can and did. I know they can, but I'm saying it doesn't work. <laughs> Jim Lee's I, I in charge. I'm not in charge. Jim Lee is in charge. I did. Well, but there you go. But is he? But is he? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, so anyway, this is this was good, but I just I just had the thought by the end of it. I was like, okay. 
you know, I don't like this character. I, I, you know, as a, as a, I guess fantasy sword, you know, uh, gladiator kind of thing. I was, mm-hmm. I was down with it. I have no idea what's going on, and I don't care. Like, I, I really am having fun with it because I'm not thinking about it at all. I do think the story should fun. move up a little bit. Yeah, but I think it did a little bit this time. Like, mm-hmm. finally, Superman shows up. You know, and I was like, okay, good, because if he hadn't. There's a bit where he he shows up, but he's off screen. I was like, oh, this isn't going to be him, but it really was, and I was very happy about that. All right, we gotta we gotta talk about Iron Man, uh, only because I gotta say Christopher Cantwell is writing one of the best Iron Man stories, I, like in recent memory. It is I I got that sense as I was reading this issue, as I sort of saw it all coalesce into a thing. I was like, oh, and then I thought, thank God, this doesn't have anything to do with any other story going on with Tony Stark right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been it's been the culmination of a uh, you know the, this just entire run that he's been doing. Uh, there's still there's still one there's still an, another part left uh, in this, but mm, yeah. there there were a ton of really big emotional beats here. Uh, and if you've been you know if you're an, if you're an Iron Man fan, I, I truly you know suggest going ahead and. Um, you know, doing you know, just picking this up and reading the issues. Um, the the relationship that that Tony has kind of uh, uh, picked up um, here is um, is is phenomenal. Like I love stories that where where Iron Man has vulnerability uh, in a way mm-hmm. that that just kind of shows you, um, you know, just like like what I think makes Iron Man really really good. And it's the stories that that show that vulnerability and um, is is really just what make this for me. And so, uh, and I have things since, uh, you know, he was, he had a co-writer on Halton catch fire, but he does the stories about, you know, brilliantly talented, egotistical men better than anybody in the world. And my favorite bit, and we'll move on. My favorite bit in this was at the very end. Corvac shows back up after Tony's mm-hmm. gotten rid of his power cosmic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and Tony's fallen down and he's in morphine withdrawal. These are all the great bits. And then, and at that moment, Korvac has a moment of humanity. He's like, oh, man. And that is like classic Halt and Catch Fire, Joe McDonald, evil mm-hmm. bit of humanity moment. And I was like, oh, that's the stuff. Nobody does that stuff very well. And this is, you know, I don't think it's your mainstream Iron Man, but it's real good. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a great run. For sure. So those books we're going to talk about, but at patreon.com slash ifan, when I started to put my iPad away for some reason, uh, you can uh, all the patrons can vote out a book to the rundown. It's called The Patron Pick, and this week, overwhelmingly, they voted for Rogues. Book one, the latest black label release from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Leo Max, colors by Mateus Lopez and Hassan Otsmane Oahu on letters. And uh, this is a, um, I guess, well, it's a miniseries. It's a black label look at the rogues, the Flash rogues, who are um, old, retired, and <laughs> looking for one last score. Um, Leo Max did the art, Josh, on uh, refrigerator full of heads, or what was the one? Bucket full of heads? Yeah, I think that's right. The I first one. I couldn't the figure first it out. One. The first one. Basket yeah. full. Basket full of heads, yes. He did that one. I like his art a lot. I do, too. And the, the coloring this was also just perfect. Uh, for but, what it was. And it also, it just gave you that hint, like, this isn't exactly like a regular comic book. This is that Elseworlds, that black label thing. The The concept for this is just great. Because I think it's just, like, it's it's one of those questions that, you know, you ask, like, what happened? Like, what what would that look like? And it's it gets explored every once in a while in some stories or whatever here, but, like, to to kind of 
you know, pull it all together into, you know, f- to be the focus of a story or, or a series is, has really been. Yeah. So the fun. issue opens in, in somewhat present where, um, ape from angel and the ape is hanging out at the villain bar, uh, lamenting the fact that angel has left him, uh, which causes a giant, uh, brawl to happen in the bar. But in the midst of that, he lets it slip while captain cold is next to him getting shots. The cheapest liquor you got, uh, that gorilla grod is sitting on, uh, just an immense amount of gold under Gorilla City, and so we sh- we jump to the future ten years later, and uh, Captain Cold is on parole, working at a factory. He's you know all the all the rogues basically have stopped criminaling because they're either dead or they're they're retired and or too old and, or reformed or, or reformed, mm-hmm. and uh, he decides he gets promoted, and this was actually really heartbreaking. I thought the whole beginning of this book was terrific. Where yeah. You know, he's he's on parole, he's got an asshole parole officer who hassles him, he takes the bus to work, he this this mural that gives him pride to welcome this we built Central City gets torn down. He's working at the box factory and he gets promoted to like manager and he's already got now he's a management got a management job. He feels management job feels some pride in it, like he can't believe it. But then he overhears and he did a good the, job, he was doing the right thing. Yeah. And then he's the he overhears the bosses uh, say, you know, make fun of him and say they're only doing it as a quote unquote diversity hire because he's an ex con and and they're making fun of him for being a used to be a supervillain and he's not that scary. And so then I was like heartbroken for him at that moment. Yeah. It was terrible. And then, you know, going home and on the bus and seeing the mural torn down and Central City is no longer the place he knew and he's got no pride left and so he decides to go back to, cr- to life of crime and, and get the band back together who are all in various Ocean's stages eleven. Of, yeah. With the rogues. Um, brilliantly constructed. My thought as I was reading this is that um like Joshua Williamson is is, you know, he's je- he's many things. I don't know that he necessarily has a, a significant voice of his own. He's not Tom King. But if you give him any genre almost, any style mm-hmm. of thing, and you mix it with superheroes, like he can do a, a letter perfect version of the thing. And that's what mm-hmm. I kept thinking all the way through this is that like, it's pretty by the numbers in terms of the thing, but it is so well enmeshed with the characters and the DC universe, you know, idea. And so, you know, intelligent and he doesn't miss any of the beats, any of the tricks, you know, as we're going through, if you take captain cold and you see him from the beginning to the point when he takes the, another frozen head yeah. off of one of the people, <laughs> um, you know, you see, like, he's been this guy all along. But also, they are still rolling on the side of, like, are they really bad guys? You know, like, they are, but, like, are they more like the love rogues, I guess, is the, is the word well, for it. He's he's definitely um, the worst. And he's, Captain Cole's yeah, always but, been but, the worst. So the rest of them are horrified by what he does and, and horrified by all of this, basically. Yeah. Now, they, they may all end up where he is now, but at the, this point, you know, his sister is, like, I don't... He was pretty horrified by what his brother just did to all these guys and... Um, but yeah. they're also they, they live in a weird spot the rogues do why does that um, rehab facility have an armed troop of guards I had that question myself I was like is this a supervillain rehab facility or is that what rehab is like now right because like, I can see like it would be one they've got, they have a platoon of heavily yeah. armed soldiers yeah. at this rehab facility um, which I thought was a little strange but other than that I, I, what did you think of this book Jim uh, I said, like, I I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I love the I love the premise of it. Um, I think the you know one of the uh, like true kind of powerhouses in this is uh, is the lettering from Hassan. Um, yeah. He's 
like just the the even everything from the, the the textured speech bubbles to some of the sound effects and things like that, like I think are, are really help move this, uh, the, the book along. Um, and I caught myself a number of times just being like, Oh, the lettering here is really cool. Um, and so, so I definitely wanted to, if you look to, in the bar scene, the drunk guy, like the lettering yeah. is, that's really good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Good spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like I said, like it's it's just it was a it was a ton of fun. Um, I'm totally in on on this ride, uh, and I, I can't wait to see more. Yeah the the bar scene was terrific. The whole beginning from yep. the bar scene through when I, I'm cold makes his turn was just really great. Yeah, it 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 really was super fun. I didn't know what it was going to be. I wasn't super excited about starting it, and then right away, you know, I was pulled in. You know, you have the the gorilla drinking at the bar. And, and the guy walking up to me and thinking he's the drunken guy thinking he's, uh, you know, Grodd. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. That, you know, the, the drunk talk, the, f- the fact that it keeps happening in the background. Yeah. And then the loaded weapon of the gorilla who is a gorilla who is angry and who is drinking, you know, and it goes off. You know, any villain bar scene it do- in superhero comics is great. Yeah. All villain bars. That might be that might be the best of superhero comics. This is a villain bar scene. Connor, write that down for some future T-shirt idea. There's something there. I don't know what it is. So um, uh, ratings on Rogue's Book One out of five stars. Ratings. I'm giving it a four stars. I really liked it. And I'm looking forward to more of it. That's where that's where I was going with it as well. I I, I really liked it. Um, I'm going four. I'm going 4.5. I Ooh. really enjoyed the hell of it. I was really impressed with every person on the creative team, like really just showing up to do exactly what they were supposed to do for this story, you know, and, and as a first issue, super compelling. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown, but if you give it the $5 or a higher level, you get your superpower live on the show, a patron power, as it were. What is the patron power this week, Josh, for your person? Well, Lanny Barr uh, takes no guff. He is impervious to guff. He won't have it. <laughs> he won't take it. Uh, it bounces off of him. If you're trying to give him guff, it's just it's not going to land. It's not going to affect him. Uh, and and you're going to be sorry if you try to send guff his way. He takes no guff. <laughs> so he's just really tough, or. Well, I mean, like, I would say that it, it goes a step further than that, and were I to imagine such, is that if somebody tries to give him guff, mm-hmm. there would there could be a series of events that would prevent that from, from happening or, you know... Consequences. Okay, let's say, for example, I don't know, you're at a film premiere, mm-hmm. and Uh-oh. you're trying to get in, and you can't get in there, somebody, some... Some some Jamokin <laughs> a lanyard is giving you guff <laughs> is not going to go that way for Lanny. He's right. like, no, that's not how this works. I'm going through. He goes in. Alarms can go off. Police can show up. But he's not taking that guff. He's going. He's, he said, no, this is going to be fine for him. He's not taking that guff. You're in line at the DMV. You know, someone's yelling at you or whatever. And it just, it just rolls off him and things work out. There's, not, there's no negative consequences that can come from guff givers. I understand. I see. Does that work? That works for me. Al Folger. Folger? We'll say Fulger. Fool? Fulge? Fulge. Al Fulge. <laughs> um, he's like the forge for roofing. He can oh. fix any roofing problem. He can diagnose. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, a, it's a magical, not magic, but it's like he, he's got it all. 
he, your roof will be completely fixed and, and up to date and modern. He's, he just can fix any roof very quickly. They're still working with, on your ceiling, Connor? No, it's been <laughs> fixed for a while. Because <laughs> you this first is, started to say it, and I was like, you're not a homeowner. What the hell are you talking about? I Unless you bought a roof. I can still see the, be- the benefit of having a super roofer. He's a super sure. roofer. He can fix any <laughs> problem. Uh, I could, well, I can, can tell you can some he things. Ins- can he install solar panels? He can do anything can he, related can, to roofing. Can he f- yes. Can he fix uh, solar panel related problems if they have affected your roof? Yes. In fact, he can create you know the the, the mythical uh, solar solar uh, you know tile? roof tile. solar roofing tile. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. There you go. Anything to do Man. with roofs, he's like he's like Forge. He can just build it and fix it. Perfect. Solar super roofer. Because I could uh. tell you some stuff about venting <laughs> and condensation, you know, that would just singe the hairs off the back of your neck, buddy. Uh, let's hope this last. It. Let's hope this last thing works. Uh, <laughs> Mike Bloomrose has the uh, ability to reheat coffee any t- any with uh. uh, just just by holding the cup, but only coffee. He will never ever have a warm cup or if a friend's cup goes warm she's got to hold on to it boom you got warm coffee you mean cold coffee Coffee never goes cold or warm warm is almost as bad as cold but you don't want it to be too hot like you can't have like mcdonald's temperature like sometimes if you have a cup of coffee and it's like oh i need to warm it up and so i'll put like more hot coffee from the pot in to try and warm it up he doesn't have to he doesn't have to do any of that he literally just it just it's always the perfect temperature perfect temperature at this moment as you said that, I am on the final bit of my coffee, which I'm drinking out of a Yeti mug, which is a pretty good job at keeping it there. Uh-huh. But it is just, it is just getting to the point where like any more of this is going to be terrible. Yeah. And uh, and the problem with the Yeti mug is it's it's metal, so in order to microwave it, I have to transfer it to another thing, and there's going to be spillage at the least, and I'm not going to get there. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's not going. to... I don't live in a diner. I can't have a lady come by. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you should have a lady come by with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and a bad attitude. Who's that? And oh, that's Velma. <laughs> Far too many years on her to be working here still. We can all see her. Thanks, Lanny, Alan, Mike, for, for, for being patrons. Patreon.com slash iFanboy uh, is where you can go support the show and get your superpower live in the show. And as we mentioned earlier, Jim is here. And so we want to talk about industry stuff. <laughs> that means something has gone wrong in comics. <laughs> so we're all comicsology <laughs> readers. We're all reading. We've all, Josh, I've been reading digitally for well over a decade. Um, uh, Jim is also a digital reader. Uh, yeah. You may, we we get a lot of emails about this. By the way, this is this this is a topic of stress for a lot of people who are digital readers. A lot of our audience is digital readers. Um, Comicsology obviously was bought by Amazon many years ago. It, for a long time, it operated as a separate entity. Was with sort of Amazon sort of hands off. Uh, in the last few months, Amazon has become super hands on. Took control, changed the app, changed the store. They got rid of the website. Comicsology.com is no more. Everything's ha- handled through the Kindle store. Uh, it's almost impossible to find books unless you really are specific in what you're searching for. Otherwise, you're getting night, uh, bed sheets and lunch boxes and all the <laughs> things else related to the night wing you just searched for. Um, and then the app itself is now based on the Kindle app. It's, for my money, way worse. It, it, it doesn't function oh. as smoothly. It's it's slow. It's heavy. It kills my battery. Um, every time I open it, i got to wait for a minute so it can load before I can start moving anything around. It's hard to do the show. Um 
So, Jim, why don't you talk about comicsology and what's been going on and your thoughts and everything? Man, it is it is just awful. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that comicsology may have ju- or Amazon may have just killed the digital comics ecosystem uh, because it is what a terrible experience. Uh, it it's just one of those things where. You've seen it. You've seen it happening slowly for a while, where more and more, like comicsology, like you know, used to be feel or used to feel like a it, its own brand. It had its own, you know, had a bit, had a bit of swagger. They look they they spent a lot of money recently to get Scott Snyder to come do a bunch of original books for them, and like now it feels like I don't know, like if that was a failed experiment or something or what, because. To even try and find those books mm-hmm. is impo- like is is impossible, and so you know I think the excuse that uh, they use, and like I say, is excuse because I don't like I don't know if something else is happening kind of behind the scenes that like I feel like comicsology as a brand may not even be here in 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 a couple of years, kind of thing. It will just be digital comics on Amazon, kind of thing. Uh, but like um, they, they said, yeah, Amazon comics, but they basically just said well, the scary like, thing. The scary thing about that, though, is that like the when you say a lot of money, like this is peanuts to them. Sure, I mean, well, yes. not even peanuts. Right. It's the dust right. at the bottom. So that's the scary part of it. Because right. why do they give a shit about this? It's a tiny market and it ain't growing. Right, and that's and that's it. And so, like the thing they said is they just wanted to instead of operating two separate, uh, you know, kind of digital ecosystems, they it's a lot easier to manage if it's just tied into one, uh, which would be fine. If now the only good way to read digital comics is if you have a 32 inch uh, separate monitor on your on your desk, because it's yeah, that I've noticed that the files, while bigger, are are not as sharp. Like yep. clearly, the the files for the books are bigger. They are just they just are just you can tell from using the app and using everything, but the quality isn't as good. Um, the functionality of the app, it, I, I don't ever use the desktop uh, for reading, but for the reading, reading the app is worse. You know, double page spreads, you can't swipe through anymore. It, change, it, it all gets messed up. Um, I mean, like, I think this this opens up the door for somebody to come in. But like this thing, like, I, I can't imagine... I don't even know what the rights deals look like today anymore, right? But like, I mean, I think it it really opens the door for another you know startup that like isn't necessarily going to look to make you know a a killing killing on it, but for you know for for digital comics reader, whether it's mobile or whatever, because like like while every publisher will tell you that digital comics, while important, uh, do not make up a terrible amount of sales for them. Um, no. But like, like, look, the like for the longest time, the iPad was the best experience I've had reading reading comics. Like, look, I still get physical comics, and, and I like I love that. But when it's when it's night and all the lights are out, and you want to like you know read uh, read a couple issues uh, in bed or whatever, like you can just grab the iPad or you know and and go and read them. Um, it makes the colors bright; they're crisp. Like it, there, there's it really. Uh, like I said, it was just one of the the best experiences, and for that to just kind of feel like it just dis- disappeared overnight is uh, truly, truly something. I have seen people say that you know this is a chance for other companies to innovate, but the thing, the fact of the matter is, it only no. it, all that matters is who has the Marvel and DC licenses. Correct. That's it. 
I mean, we were Josh and I were there in the in the in the early days of digital comics. We worked for Graphically. Graphically was a competitor of Comicsology at the time. You know, no one really had uh, won the war yet. In fact, there was even a moment where Comicsology and Graphically were, were going to merge. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once Comicsology got to Marvel and DC, everyone else died because that's the only thing that matters. So sure, another game over could come along and make a better reader, but it doesn't matter unless they have all the comics. Comicsology worked because they had all of the comics. Yeah. You know, so well, but like, but even but like, Comicsology. One of the things that Comicsology did well that I really enjoyed was the way it just kind of curated their front page. Like, yeah, you're gonna like go to get you know the next big issue of whatever, but then the way it kind of showed it showcased some of their Comicsology originals or yeah. uh, or all that. Like, like that that is was a pipeline for creators to kind of get into that feels like it has just been shut off. Uh, what's, really, and, what's really bizarre and interesting is like if you go to the store, the Kindle Comic Stores, it's called. Um, the first line is Comicsology originals. The second line is featured new issues, and then the, you have to go like four or five down to the far. You can find the other new comics. Like mm-hmm. they they make it very hard. I had a hard to time find. finding that. It, yeah, it it's very top, hard to find. It, it was in the top banner, but it rotated. So like if you looked there and you sort of slid through them, they were there. But it took me a little bit. But then you like you've got some books that are in, included in Prime Reading, others in Kindle Unlimited, and then there's Comicsology Unlimited, and like they for seemingly like all sit in different buckets. And I'm like, well, if you're gonna do that, just just tie it to the just tie it to a Prime account. Like, we're, like I don't understand the need for a Comicsology Unlimited if like you're gonna have these other weird buckets of stuff. Uh, so, and like, so I, I imagine it's got to do with probably some of the royalties or whatever that they have to pay or, you know, for some of the licensing fees and whatnot, but it's like, it is just a confusing mess right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Granted, this is not Wednesday, so it may be different on Wednesdays. I, have, I haven't looked uh, this, but you know, the top is, is a featured book. We have demons is the Scott Snyder book. And then and the next to that's mm-hmm. featured comicsology originals below that included with your prime membership, a bunch of free books. And cl- below that's trending on Comicsology. Below the, uh, the next that's new noteworthy graphic novels, and then I get to f- this week's featured new releases. It's only twenty six books, mm-hmm. and then b- below that's comics graphic novels you may like. I, I mean, I don't even know where the rest of the new books are. Like, if I right. wasn't able to get my books till Friday, where would I even find them? But I don't even know like where they're like the comics and graphic novels you may like. I don't know where these choices are coming from. Like, because these yeah. are, these are, don't look like books I may like. At least the ones that are showing up for me. <laughs> the ones that are showing me are the books. I've, I've, all, I've read all these books. So these, I've got oh. some on my, on my Comixology accounts. I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah, I've got, I've got Batman the Imposter and I can't, like, I already got it. So it's, it just went from a very, I mean, look, I get it. I get, I get the business, all the business reasons why this happened from Amazon's perspective. But it was an incredible, it was, you got the feeling that Comixology was created by comic book readers knowing what other comic book readers need and wanted, whereas you get the feeling now that that is not the case. Uh, the way the store is laid out, the way the app is laid out. Um, it's, t- it, it's taken me weeks to figure out how to, how to filter it so that I can only see the books I've downloaded as opposed, mm-hmm. you know, like recently, like, so that I can get for the show, I like, have all the new books at the top. It took me weeks to figure that out. It's not easy. You know, the, the smart lists were the best thing ever for me on that old app where I could sort of yep. manage, manage my books that way. Keep books I had. I was still in the middle of reading on the bottom. Books I for the show up at the top. I, I realized that no one else has these problems. But it was like I could, manage my, <laughs> I could manage my account in a certain way for my own needs. 
And yeah. here you can't do that. All the flex- flexibility is gone. I, I, I can't get rid of books. Like I want to delete them from. Like I just show me the ones I've got downloaded currently on the iPad. Not all of the books in my account because I got a lot of books in my account. But I used to keep them off the iPad. You can do that. It's it's not the as top simple. Left has a little filter drop down. Yes, the filter I, is not honestly, as simple like, as I, turn I hear off you. on and off. There was it a toggle bothered, before. That part hasn't bothered me at all. I figured it out. It's a little quicker. I just hit downloaded and it gets rid of all of them. It has a little thing that says red. That part hasn't bothered me. And also, when we're talking about deleting the books, it actually has a select feature, which I didn't have before, which I, so I can bulk delete books from my device, which makes me pretty happy. I've tried, just to, and you know, the books won't delete. Perspective. Yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's just, I, it's I just it's it's such I got, a weird... I got, yeah, it won't delete books off my iPad. It's, uh, it's a you big problem. You must mo- keep them. It's a big problem. And I don't, I, I, I don't know where it goes from here. You know? Let's say, and that's the and that's the biggest thing. I don't like. I don't know where where it goes from here. And I think, like I said, like is the digital market marketplace worth it? Or like, like is there is there like can Marvel license their books to someone else at this point? Uh, right? Like, I, it, there's there's a lot of questions there that I think will all start to come out in the next couple, uh, you know, hopefully in the next couple of months or so. But like, I, but is it yeah, big enough to still... support someone else to come out? And I and I just don't know. I don't think so. It, that I don't see that happening because yeah. anybody would have to beat Amazon, and that doesn't make any sense. So what you're going right. to do, you know, best case scenario, I don't even know a best case scenario, but you know, you white label an app, and then Marvel says, "Well, fine, we'll do this on our own." And then you've got everything in different places again, which is how it started, which sucked. Right. You I think, know, I think the that's the most likely app. scenario is that Marvel and DC take the books back and just have their own apps. I think that's the most likely scenario. I mean, it depends though. If they're if their sales don't change and their revenue stays at least steady they've got no they've got no reason to do that or like the then that's the scenario i can see happening is be like marvel being like well we want the books back and amazon's like well we'll pay double what right. we normally pay and or, then, or uh, you know then, even like let's if you make books digital or otherwise then you need to partner with amazon and if right. you, you know the, the publishing they, they have to you know they've all got a hold on that i don't i don't see that going anywhere but i think Again, if the money you're was... talking about then disney makes a play against amazon i don't see that yeah. but for but for marvel though i think right like unless because like they're making their money right i would imagine right now mostly just by amazon being like here's the amount of money that we, we will pay for your access to your books right mm-hmm. and i gotta believe that there is a scenario that that marvel is marvel would willingly take those book backs to bolster marvel unlimited right yeah and Possibly. so and so, like, so, like, that's a very real, uh, very real thing, and um, and so, like, that's where I think you know it it'll be um, interesting to see kind of what happens there. But I do think Josh, you're correct that the way they come at that is they just dump money on them again, and say we don't really care. Here's here's twice your licensing fee. But right. Jim said that, not me. I'm not that smart. No. Um, well, you said they, they just pay them more <laughs> for their books, but it doesn't matter. Either way, I think I think it's interesting what's going to happen. Uh, it's a, it is a mess right now. And I know the comic readers are not happy. I mean, I, just, I see it every We get emails every week. I see people talking about it online. It's just com, digital comic readers. Let me are, ask you this. Not happy Have yet. comic readers ever been happy? It's not like we can look backwards now and say, oh, I guess comicsology wasn't that bad. But people were bitching about comicsology the whole time, too. It's just that then that changes. Like, oh, this is worse than I don't that. Know they're, 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 I don't know they're bitching about the functionality of the technology, though. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, Jim, we got to say goodbye to you now. Yeah, I got a roll. Thanks for being on the show, Jim. Thanks for talking hey, about Comicsology. Thanks, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Have a good day. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you guys. You did a good job, and we appreciate you. Hey, all right.
I'll come back anytime. Go to comicbook.com. Yes, please. Comic thank you. <laughs> All right. Jim's got a mortgage. <laughs> All right. So, um, no email this week. So, but contact.fanboy.com is where you can uh, go right in for our email section segment. We did the comicsology discussion instead. Let's do some plugs and get out of here. Uh, we had a lot of shows. In fact, ever since mid-February, we had a special edition show come out every week. So about six weeks of special edition shows come out. The last four were The Booksplode on the New Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. We had The Batman Review. We had Catwoman Hunted Review. We had our Media Splode show that just came out behind this one, our pre-Oscars show, which was about way more than that, but it was a lot of fun. And then coming up, I think this week, right, Josh, is our Talksplode with Daniel Warren Johnson interview. That yeah, correct? that's right. So yes, seven absolutely. weeks in a row, you'll have had special edition shows come out. Um, and then also we just mentioned uh, Jim's website, comicbook.com. He didn't create it, but he runs it. He's in charge. He's the boss. So you can check that out for all your uh, movie still needs. Movie still needs. That's 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 going way back. Yep. Um, let's see. You can find all of our shows over at ifanbo.com. You can find uh, every show that Jim has done before. So when the industry went in on its head at some point, you can find him come on and talk about it intelligently, I might add. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's a guy who's got experience and skin in the game and context and actually talks to the people in the middle of it. And I think um, it's the thing about our show that I'm proud of. That's basically what I was getting at. It's like, we're not just having some rando come in and talk about their opinion. Guy knows what he's talking about because um, he's got to pay his mortgage that way. <laughs> but that's all there, and that's that's the kind of care that we take uh, for the show. I don't know why I'm feeling proud of the show right now. I was having this before we started. I was like, yeah, we really, we really take it seriously. We do, we do a good. You guys know we did a good job. I think. <laughs> <laughs> You can find out what the pick of the week is uh, before the show comes out over on at iFanboy on Twitter, at iFanboyComics on Instagram. You can follow us individually. Uh, Connor and I are on Instagram at C.S. Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan. Uh, Jim Viscardi, which is his name, and his tag on both Twitter and Instagram is there. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube page at YouTube.com slash iFanboy. You'll keep up to date on the old, old video show re-uploads. The full-length shows are all up there. The long ones, but the shorties are all still going up there. Our iFanboy minis. Uh, there's a and this again, a lot of you've been waiting for this. Uh, the new <laughs> comics preview for the books that came out on August twentieth, two thousand eight. Yeah, it's very exciting. Which was close to my third wedding anniversary. Yeah, and I believe I'm gonna hit my seventeenth wedding anniversary <laughs> this August. So there's some context. Um, and then a show about the the apocalypticsticks, which it tells me Ron. That's, yes, that's all that says to me. Uh, but we so have that stuff um, is there. All the sh- all the files have been uploaded, so I was able to see they're gonna these uploads are gonna run through July, or into July, um, and there's some really good ones coming. Like someone very excited to to come out. It's finally you know, back nice. on it. You know, we're not doing this for the views. We're doing this just sort of a digital archive of what we did. But there's some real good ones coming up. We did, um, yeah. We'll talk about them as they come out. But some really fun ones are coming up. So you can check those fun out stuff. every. Tuesday and Thursday on iFanboy.youtube.com slash iFanboy. And finally, if you like the show, please consider writing a review or leaving a star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it helps shows. It helps people find shows. It helps the algorithm find shows. Uh, any podcast you listen to, not just ours, consider leaving them a review or a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Even better than that, it's word of mouth when people ask you about podcasts because it's been almost a generation and people are still discovering podcasts every day discovering that they exist discovering that they have shows that of, of their interest they're interested in um so uh they're finding those out there so if you, anybody asks you what you listen to thank you for telling them my fanboy even if they don't like comics but you can tell them anyway why not uh we appreciate it 
So thanks to Jim Viscardi for coming on from Convoke.com. He had to run, but thank you for coming on the show and providing valuable insight and discussion. And thank you for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Yes, what he said, thank you. You're all wonderful. Oh, baby.